even the question that is on the ballot uh, because, you know, I try to look at things from the perspective of people. When you look at ballot question four, which is about the solicitor's position, is asking you who would you like um, to uh, pick the solicitor? Is it the mayor or the city council? And it's misleading because there is a third option, which is what we have currently in the charter and is the mayor um, suggesting someone and the city council approving it or disapproving it and then moving on to the next. But there's a balance of power. And some people say, well, it's not a breaking a balance of power. Yes, it is. You know, um, when, you, when you have two people who have a say in something and you remove the voice of one, you are breaking a balance of power. And it's just simple like that. You know, um, I know the question um that was when it was being um, discussed in our city council meetings, you know, everybody was trying to keep it simple, but um, it has to be simple and honest, you know, and, and I really felt that, yes, I, we actually got to a point where we changed a lot of the wording and we were getting ready to vote. You know, and when we were getting ready to vote, um, uh, Solicitor Simone explained that he thought it was the most simplest way with the way he originally uh, wrote it. So everything reverted back and not a single word was changed. Um, but um, keeping true to who I am at the end of the meeting, I don't get upset. I don't be like I don't get, you know, all into my emotions. I uh, stopped and I said, you know what? It's OK, because ultimately this is going to the ballot. And people are the ones that are going to make the ultimate decision. So I felt like it was uh, my responsibility um, feeling that there was a lot of unfairness in the question to just bring forth um, light into um, the community. So I've been talking about it. By the way, my, my uh, gift, one of the gifts that I'm giving everybody, it's a little flashlight, <laughs> you know, and um, part of the reason why I chose, I always try to think something, you know, uh, meaningful uh, to give uh, people. And uh, one of the reasons is because uh, those little flashlights, they're like little keychain flashlights. Uh -huh. um, you know, when you look at them on their own, you think it's not that big of a deal. But you put them in darkness and that's going to shine really bright. And that's what our votes are. You might think your vote might not have a big impact, but there's a lot of you know, um, dark moments that are we're going through as a community, you know, and I, and this is not a, you know, council, me pointing fingers, council or mayor, whatever. I think just in general, the United States of America and around the world, there's a lot of um, struggles uh, that we're going through. I mean, financially, economically, you can see that um, people are hurting. And that's part of the reason why I opposed, you know, the uh, the hearings. You know, I knew it was going to cost us a lot of money that could have been spent in a different way, knowing that the mayor was going to be back. You know, so um, looking at all the different hard m moments that everybody's going through, you know, you can shed a little bit of light. You can shed a little bit of light by, you know, um, voicing, you know, what it is that you believe in through your vote, you know. Valerie, uh, you uh, mentioned a few moments ago, I don't know what I'm going to do on Wednesday. <laughs> I actually know what I'm going to do. I actually work a really long day at my okay. job. but Well, anyway, <laughs> I, I have to pick up on that because um, one of the things is that I have the feeling, and uh, you can either agree with me or disagree with me, but no matter what the outcome of, uh, because you're running for council, no matter what the outcome is of who is sitting on the city council, 
you will uh, work along with them because you've worked on a council that had some division to begin with. So you've got plenty of experience in that way. Yep. Uh, so once the dust is settled and you know who's going to be sitting on each side of you, it's time to get back to work. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll remind people just in case you haven't, uh, I'll tell someone if you've never heard it, and I'll remind some people if you've heard it, um, how I met Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. I actually was running, uh, my husband and I were campaigning for Leo Fontaine. And um, we came in like the last couple of weeks. And um, when the election, uh, when he lost the election, we spent some time with him. And then we made our way to Lisa's campaign headquarters, you know, where they were celebrating. And everybody was like, what are you doing here? And we're like, it's over. You know, the reason why we campaign, the reason why people get involved, and that's what we can't lose sight of. I think sometimes we get so caught up with, you know, the politics of it all that we forget that the reason why we're even looking to uh, have the positions is to serve people. So we weren't going to wait two years for another mayor and another attempt for someone else that maybe we were supporting to um, get you know, uh, put into office so that we could work. So we, I think that um, Mayor Lisa um, respected that. We ended up inviting her to our church. She um, uh, she spoke and um, and realized that I had a teen mentorship program, and that's was like, you know, I think it would be great for school committee. And at that time, it was appointed. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I actually got to be. Uh, I served four years in school committee, which was a great preparation for this office. We have pretty much the same situation with with me. So uh, I'm a voter. So I went to vote yesterday. You saw me go and I I have my preferences. But no matter who wins, uh, that's going to be my city council. That's going to be my school committee. That's going to be my governor and so on and so forth. We have a few more moments left in, in this segment for Valerie Gonzalez. So I thought maybe you could kind of summarize um, maybe the kinds of things that you say to somebody if they engage you on the street today um, um, at a polling place or or in a telephone call what do you say to them well you know i usually first of all introduce myself make sure they know my name (laughs) you can't assume everybody knows who you are and you know i speak on ballot question four and then another thing i talk about is you know the the people uh, we have a list of people that I would like to work with. I know that, you know, um, the current council, this is not a, a uh, you know, trying to oust anybody, but I do believe the majority, the way that we have it. When you have, you know, a majority that says we've tried everything, but we and we can't work with the mayor, the only thing that we can do is oust her and she's coming back. You know, I think it's really hard to have that same majority and move the city forward when you've already said, well, we've tried everything. So I think that needs to change. Um, so there's a list of seven people that, you know, we're looking to support. Obviously, not everybody votes, you know, for the seven you pick from from the seven but i think that we have consensus in some of the things like um you know and and i understand that everybody says nobody's against the cast park athletic complex i think everybody's in favor but people have been um they're obviously not a full agreement because it's been stuck since 2017 we still have the 2017 plan 
and it hasn't developed. So, so we need to find um, uh, people who are in agreement to just move move it forward. Um, the same thing with the public safety complex and uh, the supermarket. I think everybody kind of is with the idea, but there's these minor things that are keeping it from moving forward. So, I just would like to um, these some of the people, uh, the seven people that we spoke about and Ben Shatra is going to be coming up next um, is Garrett Mansiri, Chris Bouchamp, um, Scott McGee, David Susie, who's been my ride and die. <laughs> He's been sitting with me, you know, uh, the uh, uh, next to me and it's been just a pleasure, you know, uh, serving with him. And, you know, I just um, um, and Brian Thompson uh, and I, these people we've already agreed we're going to treat each other with respect and um, we're going to move these things forward and the one last thing because I know I'm almost out of time is that um, I also one of the major objectives getting uh, if I get reelected um, is we want to do that charter uh, review commission I think that's one of the most important things um, the the hearings and everything that just happened, you know, put a spotlight on our city. And I think when it's shown in our uh, charter, it really um, showed some weaknesses and flaws that we need to address. And I think um, that we're not the only ones that that see that. I thought I saw an article, um, you know, where uh, I think Councilman Ward also agrees that, you know, some things uh, might be changed. It should be changed. So uh, so it's something that I'm definitely going to uh, be in support of, and I think it needs to be in one of the uh, first agenda items. <coughs> Valerie Gonzalez, thank you for joining us here on WNRI, and we'll move on to Ben Chatra, okay? Thank you. I appreciate right. you. We have a few uh, announcements. I'm Chaz Kalenda, running to be the next Rhode Island Attorney General. I've practiced law for the past 16 years and 12 of them as a prosecutor in the Attorney General's office, so I know what it takes. The Attorney General is the people's attorney and should always advocate for the rights of the people of the state, not for any political party or special interest. I'm not running to push a political agenda. I want to enforce our laws and the Constitution above all else. My values always represent my clients, and my clients as Attorney General will be you, the people of Rhode Island. The Attorney General can do so much good with the right person in office, and I want to use this position to benefit all Rhode Islanders, not just those who agree with my politics. I want to be your voice to bring the power back to the people. So I need your support. You can visit my website at chas4ag.com. That's chas, the number 4ag.com to donate. And then vote Charles Kalenda for Attorney General on November 8th. Paid for by friends of Charles Kalenda. All right. Not only uh, do we have political announcements, but we have... uh, Today's, uh, you know, we have voting day. This is a big day, but there's something more important than voting day uh, here in Woonsocket. And that's um, the grinders from the Elks. Right. <laughs> Every Tuesday, the grinders are out there. They're, they're fresh, they're delicious, and they're huge Italian grinders prepared by the members of the Woonsocket Elks Lodge here in Woonsocket at... Um, 380 Social Street in Woonsocket. Every Tuesday between nine uh, between 10 and 1, every Tuesday they stand out there with our grinders. They sell out every time, you know. They really do. And why? Because for $8 you get a lot of value for your money. And uh, the uh, Elks are selling their grinders today between 10 and 1, $8. 
Get them while they last, the Elks of Woonsocket. All right, that's every Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll be telling you about Italian night at the Woonsocket Elks. All right, looking at my uh, commercials here, you know winter is coming. And Tony State Line Power in Blackstone is ready to service your snow thrower, yeah? Or snow blower. Whether you like it or not, snow is coming soon. Are you ready to control it? Tony's State Line Power Products at 271 Main Street in Blackstone has the king of the snow, Aaron's snow throwing equipment. Come on in and talk to Tony and she'll size up how much of a snow throwing experience you need. We have a full line of Aaron's snow throwers to handle your property from 20 inches to 36 inches of clearing capacity. We also have portable generators by Generac and Husqvarna for your emergency power needs. Come see our huge selection at State Line Power Products in Blackstone. Showroom open Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. Tony's State Line Power Products is ready for this winter. Are you? So, what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak. Filet mignon or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. So uh, while I was uh, there the other night, um, I think it was Sunday night we were there, I, I asked for the luncheon menu and I folded it up and brought it to the radio station. They are missing one luncheon menu at Grumpy's right now. I hope they didn't, uh, well, I hope they're not keeping track of them. Anyway, on the luncheon menu, six ninety nine. dollars you can get uh, uh, two hot dogs and french fries. When I go to Grumpy's with Roger Lapier from Lou General Stores, that's the only thing he has. Two hot dogs with french fries and all the fixings, mustard, relish, diced onions, the whole works. And it's still on the luncheon menu, but you can get Italian grinders, a meatball parmesan sandwich for $7.99. And, of course, clam cakes and chowder at $9.99 and the clam luncheon plate. Now, this is really a great deal. You know, where do you see uh, whole belly fried clams for $14.99? The luncheon, the luncheon portion at Grumpy's is just enough to keep me satisfied that I've had whole belly fried clams instead of paying twenty four ninety nine for um, a uh, whole belly fried clam plate. They have the luncheon clam plate, and it comes uh, complete with the tartar sauce and the coleslaw and the fries. We are Grumpy's in South Bellingham, Massachusetts. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. We continue our segment of uh, program, a sponsored program here on WNRI. And uh, it, um, you know, I have a different guest in the studio. It's time for me to switch gears because it's when you have an incumbent like Valerie Gonzalez, well, she's got all this city council experience uh, to uh, reflect on. And then you have somebody who's new to um, to politics and new to running for office. And so we kind of like, um, well, I got to say, Ben, go easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> good morning to you. Good morning, Roger. How are you today? It's, uh, I'm good. And it's uh, good to have you back in the studio. And uh, 
Ben is a uh, a friendly candidate. Uh, he, uh, he like Valerie yesterday. You were working the streets, and I'm going to begin by saying, in my opinion, in Roger's opinion, you really want this job. Can we start there? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about it. That's a fantastic starting point. Uh, I am absolutely interested in stepping up and and you know becoming a part of the city council in the city of Woonsocket. Uh, I did decide to step up and run because I've seen my dad, who's a fire chief in Woonsocket, serve the city for 36 years, including many years doing the electrical work at the park, World War II Memorial Park for Autumn Fest. Uh, I recently became a homeowner in the city, and I decided it was my turn to step up and get involved. Uh, obviously, becoming a property owner in the city gave me that opportunity. Uh, and I believe I have the opportunity to bring a fresh outlook and new ideas into the city, as well as support you know, some of the plans currently on the table. And I am going to bring a very forward-thinking appro- uh, forward approach and work respectfully with my, city co- my fellow councilors to help move the city forward. Uh, I think it's important to know that, yes, as Roger said, I am new to this. This is my first time running, and I am a friendly candidate, I guess you could say. Uh, I have not gotten involved in any of the, the back and forth, but I believe it's important just for me to kind of get my platform out there and let the city know exactly what I'm trying to do and why I'm trying to do it. Um, I have been you know, on the mayor's team. We've done many appearances. We've been around to the high-rises. Uh, we've all been working hard together. But I think it's important to know that everybody on the team and involved in running with Lisa has, you know, really made it clear that we are going to have our own minds and it's not all going to be, you know, a rubber stamp, so to say. I think that's important because we all have a certain role in a small area that we're all experts in, I guess you could say. Um, It's for me, being a millennial and stepping into this situation It's certainly interesting, but I think it's important to know that having a younger person involved is is a good thing because I feel like I can relate to the younger generations in the city as well as the older ones, but more specifically the younger generations and kind of get people my age and younger back involved and get them into the city to bring us some uh, revenue. Um, Before I keep continue on. I just want to make sure that I bring up question number four on the ballot today. Uh, So when you head to vote, there's obviously questions on the back side of the ballot. And question number four specifically pertains to the city of Woonsocket. Uh, The current city council put up a question that basically is going to take the mayor's ability to appoint the city solicitor out of her hands and bring it back to their side. So this question, ballot question four, only gives the city council the choice and removes the basic right of the executive branch to choose legal representation, which creates an imbalance in the government. So, for example, right now, Lisa Baldelli-Hunt has the ability to appoint the city solicitor and the city council would approve it. If you approve question four, only the city council would be able to appoint and approve And I think that that creates a serious imbalance in the government. And I think that everybody in this city should reject question four and keep everything the way it is. That's for sure. Um, So I'm just going to go into a little bit of a bio about me real quick. Just let everybody know once again, uh, I am Ben Shatra. I am a tenure cook and manager at the Beef Barn in North Smithfield, as well as the varsity ice hockey coach at North Smithfield High School for the past five seasons. Uh, I have previously volunteered for 
Post 85 American Legion Baseball and uh, North Smithfield High School Baseball. Um, I, sorry, Roger. I enjoy spending time with my girlfriend, Mackenzie, and my dog, Comet, in my spare time, as well as playing golf as I can. I uh, just want to let everybody know that I'm a normal guy who's trying to step up and get involved. All right, just a couple of things I want to uh, pick up on. Uh, I was looking at your campaign literature. Yep. And uh, one of the things that uh, grabbed my uh, my attention is uh, maintaining funding for law enforcement. And the reason I, I grabbed that, uh, not only because I'm interested in funding, but I'm interested in staffing, too. Yep. Uh, I don't know how it is at the fire department. Maybe you can talk about that in a second. But, but at the police department, we need more men and women on the streets. And we need to get the attendance up. We've got the allocation for the police department. We just don't have the, the people. Right. Right. And I think, obviously, that's, that's a nationwide problem right now is staffing shortages. Uh, I know that Chief Oates is absolutely working hard to fill those vacancies. Um, you know, it's there's not really much more that he can do to market becoming a police officer in the city. But I think that as a city councilor, I can kind of fit in and, you know, help him in any way possible to get more men and women involved in the city of Woonsocket on the police department. Because, like you said, Roger, staffing is a problem and it is something that absolutely needs to be addressed. And I look forward to sitting down and being a part of the conversation to learn how I can fit in to find people to fill these vacancies the other thing i want to mention is uh, uh <laughs> this is right from your campaign literature understands the importance of rescue and fire safety <laughs> how did you, how did you come to that conclusion <laughs> have you been around fire trucks and things yeah. like that and rescues yeah i actually i actually grew up inside uh the stations of the Winsocket fire department um i will not claim to be an expert that's not what i am i am going to be a resource for rescue and fire safety. Uh, I've had conversations with local 732, and I think that they understand that I am there to support them, and, and you know I'm going to listen to their concerns and their needs and do anything I can to help them. Uh, one of the biggest things to me is creating environments for our law enforcement, not only law enforcement, but fire and rescue, where they are at a station that's totally safe and not falling apart and not held up by telephone poles in the basement. Uh, I know that that's been a big talking point, obviously, throughout this election for the majority of the candidates was the public safety complex. And, you know, I think that it's important that we all sit down after we're elected and have a conversation with the chiefs and people who are experts in this field and make a decision about where the location of this public safety complex should be to help the, you know, to help response times and to help the firefighters and the policemen have a comfortable place to go. Uh, I think that that could also maybe touch on the staffing issues where if we bring a state of the art public safety facility into the city of Woonsocket, you know, I'm not going to claim that it's going to help, but I think that it could have a big influence on bringing employees into the city because, you know, now basically you're going from stations that are falling apart, like I said, with telephone poles in the basement to a Ferrari of a complex where it's, you know, state of the art and comfortable for these guys to go to work. And now, true to my form of uh, drifting off the course, it has nothing to do with the campaign. You remember this from the last uh, visit <laughs> when I drifted over to the beef barn, yep. uh, but uh, I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so to my, my question to you, uh, 
as it relates to the beef bond, uh, you're uh, you're Northman Field based, right? Right, correct. So is that a punishment or is that a reward? Because I understand that uh, Northman Field place can get crazy yeah. with customers yeah. and like a million slips uh, to uh, to be looking at. So is that punishment or reward? Uh, and and if you're elected to the council, that might be a break from things. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> that yeah. might be easy easy footing for you. Yeah. Tell me about that. That's a that's an easy question. To answer, Roger, because, you know, it's a privilege to be an employee at the Beef Barn. Um, I get to meet people every day, which is, you know, every day is different. But it also made me comfortable enough to step up and step into this position. And, and you know, I felt comfortable getting out there and meeting new people because, let's be honest, for the last 10 years I've been on a stage cooking basically, you know, the majority of the sandwiches that go out of the building. Uh, it's taught me many life lessons, and I think it's... You know, it's easy to say, well, he just works at the beef barn, but there's a lot that goes into it. And I've learned a lot of business management skills and, you know, people skills from being there every day. I worked a lot of hours. Uh, and like you said, Roger, maybe being on the city council will break that up. Mm -hmm. But I, I enjoy being a hardworking employee of the beef barn. Are you a shy thing. guy when you started all, all this? Because um, I'm just going to, I love to stereotype people. A stereotype means... Uh, uh, coming to an opinion about them based on no information at yeah. all. <laughs> that's, you know, Roger, that's a good question. Um, obviously, when you step into something like this, it really takes you out of your comfort zone and you learn a lot of different lessons and things that you really, you know, didn't think about before. And I think, obviously, being an employee of the Beef Barn has brought me to a certain point, but being out in the city and campaigning for a seat on the city council has really brought me out of my shell and made me realize that I really can make a difference if I'm given the opportunity. And that's the biggest thing to me is, you know, you kind of step back, you first get involved. Obviously, I wanted to get involved, but, you know, you don't really know where you fit because there's a lot of information and there's a lot of process to becoming a city councilor. But, you know, it, this has absolutely brought me out of my shell, and I am so proud to be able to have the opportunity to possibly represent the city of Woonsocket. Okay, voters, if you haven't gone to vote today, you've heard uh, Ben Shatra uh, give his, um, uh, his, I guess, reason for voting <laughs> for him. And we, uh, we wish you uh, the best today. Now, where are you going to station yourself? You're going to be going from place to place? So or? I started off this morning, Roger, at Pothier School. Um, we are all over the city, but I will definitely be at all polling stations. But please, if you see the uh, the Ben Chatra name tag and the big Ben Chatra sticker on my chest, please come up, say hi. I'll answer any questions you have. Uh, it's super, super important to me that I get out the names of the people that are running on my team. Uh, Chris Beauchamp, Valerie Gonzalez, Garrett Manseri, Scott McGee, David Susi, and Brian Thompson. Uh, we are a group of hardworking individuals, and we really, really want to make a difference in the city. All right, he says, uh, if you see the Big Ben Shatra what? Sticker. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to see the Big Ben Shatra sticker. Just look for Big Ben himself. Yeah, exactly. You, right. won't, you won't miss me. You All won't right. miss me. Hey, thanks for being with us. Thank right? you, Roger. Okay, we'll be back with more after this. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 300 
$84.95 for a free, no obligation, in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Hey, thank you, Larry. And uh, uh, like he said, uh, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And Vern has a background in construction to know what it takes to repair your home properly and to code. There's an important thing, too. And uh, Vern ran successfully the Vern Rainville carpentry business for 28 years before entering this endeavor as a public insurance adjuster and has been dealing with insurance adjusters for many years. And let me tell you, he knows how to deal with them. All right. Check out Vern, Vern Rainville. And if uh, you need to have your books uh, balanced, this is a good place to go. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. All right, and uh, this is Tuesday night, and uh, it's Selection Day, uh, but at 4 o'clock this afternoon, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar will be open for business. And um, a couple of things I just want to mention. On Tuesdays in particular, it's half price on the wine. I'm looking at the red wine menu here, and I'm going to give you an example uh, this is um, a very, very nice uh, bottle of wine. It's called a Conundrum. It's a red blend from California. And it's $34 a bottle. However, on Tuesdays uh, at uh, Savini's, just cut that in half. Because it's half price on wines on Tuesdays at Savini's. The other thing I want to mention is uh, something that we have when we go to Savini's often. And that is the popular salad and soup bar. Any way you like it, and it's fourteen dollars. And then you can add, uh, you can add salmon or chicken or steak tips or grilled shrimp. You can add that if you want. But let me tell you, the soup and the salad, along with the breads, uh, several kinds of breads, all the food you need. And I'll tell you, they have uh, spinach salad, and you know, and then they have the regular lettuce and. And also so many uh, different things, the tomatoes and the olives. You'll enjoy the salad bar every um, every day at Savini's Pomodoro. And incidentally, uh, there are not too many places left um, now with uh, bocce gone to get family-style chicken, right? But uh, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar has it. And they have it every day, family-style, the way you like it. All right, let's get back to the Upfront program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hello, Lisa Bodelli Hunt. How are you doing today? I am fine, Roger Bouchard. How are you doing today? Good. Just as you predicted, Valerie was here, uh, and then Ben was here, and now you're here. That's exactly the order you gave it to me yesterday. And uh, we welcome you back for what I'd call the final words, uh, the wrap-up, uh, the summary, uh, that kind of thing. You're on. Okay, thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a nice, brisk morning out there. I know it's not in the 70s, uh, but it is in the 50s. Uh, at least we'll be in the 50s. 
uh, for most of the day, but the sun is shining and it is a beautiful day. And I would just encourage uh, anyone and everyone uh, who is registered to vote uh, to get out there today and uh, share your voice uh, with our city and with our state and to um, make certain uh, that your voice and your vote is counted. It's extremely important. Uh, and we will uh, see where that lies tonight, a little after 8 o'clock. And we'll see that across the country and across our state and city. I would like to say that uh, first I want to thank Valerie and Ben for coming in and having some time on your program this morning. I think they're two wonderful people uh, who are eager to serve the city and Val to con Valerie to consider to continue to serve the city, and Benjamin Shatra, uh to begin to serve. And I find something extremely interesting with Ben and uh, the need for us to have a voice and talent and experience uh, to bring what he can as someone of, of his generation. And we need that. Our city is filled with youth, and though the youth is our future, uh, as we all age, we need the youth in our city, the children, to become professionals so they can care for us and care for our community and become those police officers and firefighters and teachers and municipal workers to keep things going. So there is an investment and you need people who can relate to them. Sometimes parents um, are not always the first choice for children when there's uh, something happening. It's their coach or it's their teacher or, or someone else. And what Benjamin Shatra brings to the table is he brings what that generation uh, is, is looking for in a community. And that's important because if you don't have human capital and you don't have people coming here and spending their money uh, and living here and investing here, then you don't have a community that's flourishing. And I, the last time we had someone uh, was Julia Brown. And uh, Julia Brown, uh, I can tell you, uh, she is doing extremely well uh, where she relocated. Uh, she was a surprise visit from her the other day. I nearly dropped to the floor when, the door op when I opened the door and she was standing there. So it was a wonderful surprise. Uh, unfortunately, Julia experienced some, um, I would call, mistreatment on the council. And she actually recapped that with me when she, when she sat with me for two hours on that Saturday, just a couple of Saturdays ago. But it is extremely important. Ben understands, as all the candidates who are running, uh, the, the seven candidates that I've been promoting, they understand the importance of public safety in our community, the importance of building a public safety complex. And Ben is right on that. That will attract men and women who will want to serve when they're going to a state-of-the-art building with the proper equipment, with the proper technology. That is important for our safety. When we call the police or we call the, the uh, firefighter or EMT to come to serve us, he gets that. And the other six that are running, Chris Beauchamp, Valerie Gonzalez, uh, Ben Shatra, David Susi, Brian Thompson, Scott McGee, 
And uh, why am I drawing a blank right now? I've been saying these names for, for six months. I was listening, but <laughs> I, I wasn't counting them all. Brian Thompson, Ben Shatcher. All right, I'll go through them again in a second. Uh, but any, anyhow, today, my, my simple message is to please go out and vote. I'm looking forward to serving you again. We have a lot of projects uh, that are in the wings. And they've been, I, I say, stuck in the mud. And being stuck in the mud is not a good thing. It's also important that your voice is heard because, as you know, your voice was stripped and it was, it was, it was shameful and it was un-American, it was unprecedented, and it should have never happened. But it's not about me being removed from office by those five individuals. It's about you taking back your your right as a citizen of this country to get out and to vote. And I just want to recap the counselors again. Chris Beauchamp, Valerie Gonzalez, Garrett Manseri, Scott McGee, Benjamin Shatra, David Susi, and Brian Thompson. And we will be out today at all the different polling uh, precincts in the city. And we're out there from 7 o'clock this morning until 8 o'clock this evening. And we will be there every minute of the day, and then we will actually be uh, getting the election results at the Italian Working Men's Club, and we are inviting our, all our friends and uh, volunteers and supporters to join us. That's where we will be to be getting the results. And, Roger, you're welcome to come. And uh, I appreciate the invitation. And at some point, uh, I'd like to ask you a question, if sure. uh, you don't mind. So you will be mayor um, in December. You'll be inaugurated. And there seems to be a, a whole bunch of projects that are kind of hanging, hanging out there. I think you've got your agenda full. And I think, are you uh, up and ready to run uh, with that agenda when, uh, when it's um, back to the fourth floor? Absolutely. Is that uh, a fair question? That is a fair question. So the recreational complex at Caspock. As, as folks know, and if you don't know the amount of acreage, we have over 60 acres of land right there sitting, waiting for us to bring our recreational complex. That complex is so critical, not just because there will be fields there, but the fields transform into something else, and I'll explain what that is. It transforms into... Our student community being able to participate in athletics, to participate in other events that can take place there, to keep them busy, to keep them occupied, to keep, to, to share and help them develop their talents. As we know, we have a world champion from our track and field. We have one of our recent graduates, uh, football players who played for Woonsocket playing for the University of Rhode Island, and I can go on and on. How many other individuals would have been able to develop into that if we, if we provided a facility for them? That facility is not just for the student athletes. That is for every student, every member of this city, and your friends and family when they would come to visit you. There'd be a beautiful a redone walking track so you are able to get your exercise there would be practice fields area for shot put javelin uh, the, there will be a 
um, a building that would be constructed for the locker rooms, for meeting space. This would allow us to be certain that we are providing what other communities across the state are, are providing for their schools and for their residents of, of their city. And we need to do that for everyone in this city. And that will produce changes and advancements uh, right here within Woonsocket. We shouldn't be left behind. We shouldn't be the only community that doesn't have this. And the key to this is that we have funding for it. This is not taking $1 out of any of the tax revenue that you provide to the city. This funding is being provided by the sale of the excess dirt, the excess gravel at that site. Those funds, and if there's any additional funds needed, it would be provided by federal funds. Also, the fact that uh, I had applied with the planning department for a grant through the Department of Environmental Management. We received that, approximately $312,500, which we're utilizing for acquisition of property to expand the parking. So it's time that happens. This has intentionally been held up for political reasons. I don't care what anyone comes in here and tells you and spins Roger. That is that is the, the fact. And I, I don't want to end on a, on a negative note, but I just want you and the public to understand the double standards that take place. These double standards and these political be, this political behavior needs to come to an end for the benefit of the city and for the benefit of the taxpayers and residents. And I'm, I'm just going to share, one of the reasons why I was removed from office was because the directors, and I agreed with them, decided to give stipends to employees who did additional work due to job vacancies. This has nothing to do with anything that happened at the Housing Authority. These, this stipend was not added to the base. This was a temporary stipend excuse me, until the job was filled. And one of the issues was you did not go to the city council for them to approve of it. Okay, let's say that's the case, and it is. But we did what we needed to do to keep government moving. I want you to know exactly what Dan Gendron and the individuals that removed me from office did. They hired individuals to come to work, brought them back, employees who used to work at City Hall, did not put legislation on the docket, did not get the approval, and one of the individuals is being paid $50 an hour, $75 overtime, and working overtime, our tax dollars. The same exact thing that this, my administration did, they just did with no legislation. So they are doing the very same thing. Why is there no outburst and no outcry? Because it's a double standard. That's why. Because they can do what they want, but they looked for and they orchestrated and they created the situation so they could get into City Hall, like Roger Gillette said to constituents in the city. We're removing her next week and we're taking over City Hall. This is an illegitimate government that took place right under everybody's nose. And people need to take their rights back. 
This was a travesty to our city. This isn't about me. This is about our rights as citizens of this country, this state, and this city. And I think it's time that we show what we can do as a community. And if you would be so kind as to get out there today to vote and to vote for the candidates that I expressed earlier, um, I, I thank you. I look forward to the results tonight. And I look forward to beginning to serve you again December 6th. And thank you for being with us. Thank enjoyed, you for having um, us, Roger. Enjoyed uh, listening to what you had to say. Preceding time, purchased by friends of Lisa Baldelli Hunt. And that's the end of our program today. Tomorrow, kind of normal. Kind of boring. Well, come back tomorrow. I can call tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can't say right. you have to pay right. to come here. Right. Uh, you will be uh, mayor-elect at that point. That's sure. right. Yeah, yeah. No, no problem there. And uh, you're welcome to do that, too. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. Be tough, I think we can. I think the wind is coming. I think the house is coming. Mr. Trump.